best hour of their day is back. Fern, Todd, Ackerman. Is that the right order that we should say? I feel like I should be first for sure. <laughs> You're definitely last. So I think that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, let's give a shout out to your boy, Todd. Coach Sean Scholeman, man. 51 back squats, 185. Oh, he did 51? 51, just to put it out there for you. Okay, wait a second. This is like now, is this a competition where I have to do 52, or is 50 still the win? <laughs> no, you can do 50, and you're fine. You so will we, still not have done 51. <laughs> so uh, there's, a, there's a chance we all may be together in the coming weeks in uh, Canada. Oof. Ooh, that okay. even that would be the perfect place to do this at. Yeah, I would now, love although you wouldn't have him as a coach at your box, Coach Glassman will also be there. <laughs> I I will have Coach Glassman coach me through this workout. I would love that. That should be one of the main things happens on stage or something like that. Do Do you think with his does that change anything if Coach Glassman's coaching? No, no amount of him coaching you is going to increase your fitness that much. No, not even close. Is there a coach on the planet that you guys were like, "Wow, no. if he was there, Jay might make this." <laughs> no. If you if if you had a coach to prepare you for a year to get ready for this thing, but if you're just show up right now, it doesn't matter who's sprinkling pixie dust on you nothing's happening so imagine <laughs> now i'm at your box and i say hey coach i'm going to be over in the corner and i'm going to be doing 50 back squats do you have open gym what a good segue oh wow well done was that good that was, that was actually pretty good i like how you i like how you did that like I, you know we have so it's it's about 9 28 that we have recorded We've been on this call for about 20-something minutes. Todd's getting antsy because Todd's punctual. But I think the listeners appreciate how much I'm doing on my end <laughs> versus what you guys actually contribute. <laughs> I got to hit record. I got to make sure you guys are muted at the right times. All you know, make sure I'm taking notes, keeping you guys in check. I'm the glue of Best Hour of Their Day podcast. Yeah, I mean, you're in your closet, you're folding t-shirts, you're hanging up pants, you're really taking care of all the, the, magical the duties art. at home. <laughs> yeah, the magical yeah. art of tidying up. There you go. Marie Kondo. So let's, let's dive into the topic. We're here to talk about open gym. There's a lot of, um, it's a polarizing topic, I think, because a lot of boxes live by it and a lot of boxes hate it. Um, and, you know, we have three boxes box owners on here, you know, one former, but I have a lot of experience with open gym, but I think the best way to kick off is like we did last week, Todd, what's the open gym situation at Drive Fitness? Uh, so at Drive Fitness, we have one allotted specific time and that's on a Saturday afternoon. It's a 45 minute window where it's truly scheduled open gym. Um, other than that, Kind of our policy is whenever our doors are open, um, athletes have access to our facility to do whatever they want to. Um, now, that being said, class is always the priority, meaning that all of our athletes are expected to come and participate in class. Um, and then they can, they can take part in open gym before or afterwards or find some space to do some extra stuff if they're working on it. Um, and then also the, the class or the coaches always have priority. So we've got a, we've got an additional room that people can go and use. 
Um, but there are times where there's personal training going on back there or there's an additional class or something else going on. And if that's the case, that class, that coach has the priority and the person doing, trying to do their extra stuff on the side kind of needs to find a different area. So I have a lot of follow-up questions on there, but before we even go into those specifics, let's, let's find out what Fern does over at CrossFit Rife. Fern, what happens at CrossFit Rife? We recently just changed it and we are open all day now. So we're open from the time we open that 6 a.m. class until we close at 7 p.m. So in, in that time, it's free reign? Uh, free reign would not be a good way to describe it, but we do offer um, open gym and we started that two months ago. So I think to put both of your scenarios in context, let's talk about square footage. Because I think that's probably, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that not one of the biggest things that we need to consider? Both of you guys have big boxes, meaning a lot of space. And Todd, like you said, you even have an annex, if you will. Yeah. So did I that, mean, I, does that play ahead. a role? I, I mean, I definitely think that's easier at our old location, which was an unlocated area. We still allowed people to do that but they, they had to do it out of the way. The, the class always took the precedent or took priority. So I think there's, there's always room to do something if you're respectful in what you're doing as far as the athlete's concerned. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is that the, the community and the culture you're trying to create, you know, trumps all. And so if somebody wants to work on something extra, man, more power to them. I love people getting fit and achieving their goals. Uh, but but at the same time, nobody's more important than the overall community of people. And so, you know, we want to make sure that they respect the community and the culture. Well, you said something important there that we need to double back on. And if somebody's working on something, I think there's a difference between people that are working on something in open gym and those doing their own thing, which is probably where the, you know, strong opinions come into play. But let's, let's ask for how big is your box? So, uh, we are right at 11,000 square feet and ours is a little unique in the sense that I have three separate gyms in my gym. So I've got the main CrossFit space, we'll call it, which is about 4,500 square feet. I've got a weightlifting dedicated area, which is about 2000 square feet. Uh, there's 18 platforms in there. And then I have another smaller area, which is about 1500 square feet, which is for, general overflow, warming up, OFP, people are going to do their own fucking program. Um, and then like CrossFit kids, personal training, stuff like that. Um, so we have the ability to do that. Um, so we try to accommodate where we can. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the, I want to say one of the biggest boxes, but significantly bigger than the average affiliate size. For sure. And we just for, Content. We were not always that big. We've only, we only expanded from six to 11, uh, maybe less than two years ago. All right. So let's, let's start to dive into the nuances, the nitty gritty of it. Let's, let's start first and foremost. Can you guys each give me one pro and one con of having open gym? I would say a pro is um, allowing people to do the things that they either enjoy or that they want to, uh, that they want to work on. Right. Um, Either, either working on their weaknesses or just continuing to do the things that they, they are good at and, and enjoy doing. Um, so that's a pro, obviously. And I would say a con, a potential con would be 
um, someone that kind of removes themselves from the community and starts doing their own thing. And what I've seen from that potentially is to kind of cause rift in the overall community, um, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think that really is where that line in an open gym kind of creates separation. It's either, you know, what we're talking about in both of your scenarios is a lot of people doing their own thing where it's like, hey, I want to work on my strict muscle up, handstand push-ups, my snatch, versus, hey, I'm going to do XYZ programming over here. Fern, would you agree? I mean, do you have, do you have different pros and cons? Uh, I would agree with those. I would throw a different pro is, is like you're serving and market demand, you know, like there's people that just want that. Right. So I, I can, I can cast my services to a broader market per se. Uh, and then a con would be if I'm going to be open for those hours, it is additional overhead. If you're, if it's not going to be you who's at the gym for 12 hours to 14 hours all day. So it's going to cost you more money to operate that. Right. So something we didn't consider is you say you're open from 6 a.m. to 7. You're open 13 hours a day. Someone needs to be there. Yeah. And Todd, does, does dry fitness close it all throughout the day? It, it does. And it kind of varies. So we, you know, typically I'd say there's somebody there most of the day, but we don't have like a policy where it's guaranteed to be open from the time we start till the, you know, from the first class until the last class. Now, typically somebody's there and usually if somebody wants to come in during those hours and, you know, they've got something going on after work so they can't come to our regular class time, they'll send a text to one of the coaches or reach out and say, hey, is somebody going to be there at, call it two o'clock or three o'clock so we can come in and get our um, training in. And most of the time that's the case. But then we also have days where, you know, I'm out of town and another one of the coaches needs to go and take care of something else. And so the doors do close sporadically throughout the day when there's not a class going on. And that's the way we used to operate too. Like that was, it was exactly like that. So what's the practical application of this? You know, we're all, we're on here. We're, t we're talking about open gym. Both of you guys are utilizing it to success at your affiliates. If someone's listening to this and they hear, Hey, drive does it. Rife does it. They're doing well. I should do it. Do they just run with it? Are there things that you would What's, what's some advice you would give before just heading out? You know, we've kind of just laid it out there. Like this is some easy thing. It's adding value to your members, but the, I can speak from my experience, allowing people to do their own thing. And I think we have to distinguish between that and what open gym is, was probably what I, I could look back on it as one of the biggest mistakes I made in affiliate ownership. Now, this was like 2010, 2011, and I think at the time, everybody was trying to find the next greatest programming, right? There was CompTrain, there was Invictus, there was some people doing .com, some people following dry fitness programming, right? So there's- The people there's a, that really want to get fit. Yeah, the people that want to get fit. So, but it, 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 like Todd said, became a big rift in the community. People weren't doing class, the cool kids and the people that, I don't even want to say we're fitter, that thought they were fitter, were doing their own thing. And now Todd's going to throw it on me. I was probably one of those people as well. <laughs> yeah, lead by example, right? Lead from the front there, Jay. So causing riff in your own, in your own affiliates, huh? You know, and, and, I, and it was. And I will say part of the problem was the space. The space I had, the layout. I don't think either of you were ever at Albany CrossFit, but there was, it was basically two different huge rooms. 
So you'd run yeah. class and then there was just this other open room. It didn't make sense not to let people work out in there. Yeah, yeah which goes back to the point like you're, we're running businesses. So we're in that, in that position where, you know, people don't like to talk about money, but like bills got to be paid. So like you have to generate revenue to pay for rent, have a profit margin, pay yourself all of those things. But I, I think the first thing to distinguish is there's no right or wrong way. I think just as in coaching an athlete, there's only effective and ineffective. And I think if you were to just zoom out and, and do some sort of objective kind of observation of what you're doing, like, is it effective or is it not effective? And there's a lot of ways you can do open gym. You can do limited open gym. You can do full open gym. You can do 24 hour access. You can do no open gym. And it's just that question of, is it effective or not? Is it adding value? Or is it causing you problems? That that's like the, the real easy litmus test. How, how do we? So how do we start to figure that out? You know, because people will look at it, and I think, like you said, you're running a business, and to me, I looked at it as, hey, these people are paying the same amount. So I didn't have a less expensive rate. It was the same rate, no matter what you were doing class or not. You were outside of class. So to me, it was like, hey, you're not taking up my floor space during class. You're in your own room. But it was also causing a divide in the community. I think there's two things you just said there, which is one is where, where I've seen this go horribly wrong is people offer a reduced rate for offering people more convenience, which is kind of backwards, right? Generally, when we pay for, con if you're paying for convenience, you pay more. Um, so what happens is that people will shift over to the open gym simply because it's cheaper. And now my revenue comes down. So we did the same thing where if you have a recurring membership, you have open gym tacked on top of that, right? Which is added value on top of that, but I'm not undercutting my own services and, and like devaluing my product. So, so you um, pay the standard rate regardless if you come to class or not. Correct. And I assume Todd, it's probably the same over at drive. Yeah, for us, we don't we don't offer a, just an open open gym membership. Not only difference in rate, but we just don't offer that. Like we, if you come to the gym and you and, and um, ask questions about an open gym, you know, I'll tell you what our policy is, which is when the door is open, you can come and do whatever you want to. But I also make it very clear that being a part of the community and taking classes is the priority. So if you want to stick around and do something after class or get there early and do something before class or off, or if on the rare occasion you can't make it to class and you'd like to get the class workout in at an off time or do something quickly, we're good with that. But, you know, I'm more concerned with you being a part of the community, you know, fitting into classes, getting to know people, following the programming and, and doing all of that um, more so than just generating a little bit of extra revenue. if that can come at the expense or, you know, the, the cost of the, the community in some degree. Yeah. And I think that's an important lesson, right? Don't, you know, we don't give out a lot of do this and don't do that type things. You know, we, we just kind of give some ideas, but one thing we all probably agree on is don't have a less expensive rate for open gym because it's undermining your members. And at the end of the day, depending on your space, that could be taking up valuable floor space and it's only going to cause issues. Yeah, if you're going to do it, A, there needs to be rules. So, for instance, at our at our gym, the the class takes priority, and the coach who's on the floor owns the building is is the way I describe it to the coaching staff, where they have full authority to tell people no, and we tell people that. And so, you know, 
it's obvious where it's, if you want to come in and you do some accessory work and want to work on some skills, that's cool. But if you're going to come in and set up a five station, 40 minute Metcon, wow, well, there's 17 people in the class. Like that's obviously a no go, you know, like we, I've, I have actually kicked people out for that because they were just doing muscle ups in the middle of the class when the class and burpees and it's ridiculous, dude. Like you're just showing off and this makes you a turd. <laughs> right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like that don't be an asshole card. Like, you can, we're okay with you doing your thing. You know, on the rare example, like yesterday at the box, a couple of people are doing the Wadapalooza qualifier. So they're being a little yeah. in the way, but it's, you know, far and few in between. It's one day a week because it ends on Monday. And then they go back to normal. Let, let's take a quick tangent, though, on the same subject. You guys ever get those emails from drop-ins and they're like, hey, I want to drop in your box, but I do my own thing. Um, can, I, can I do that? That, is, that drives me crazy. Along when it's like, hey, by the way, I'm an affiliate owner. I'm thinking I need to come in and do this special thing in your gym. I'm good. Just pretty much like give me the keys and let me come. Um, that's an automatic no at our gym. Like I said, I don't need your whatever drop rate is or any of the rest of that stuff. Um, that, that to me makes my blood boil. I'll be honest okay, with you. Okay, so, so let's, let's give out some specific advice in this because I think as an affiliate owner, <laughs> if you're listening, you understand what we're talking about. And if you're a member and you're listening, here are some do's and don'ts when you're on the road. So someone emails you that they have their own programming and they need to follow it. Is that just, no, don't come to Drive Fitness, don't come to CrossFit Rife, or because you have an open gym, you allow them to do it? No chance. For us, we don't. I think, I think for me personally and from the experience from my, my clients as well is like one of the advantages and one of the far, fun parts of being on the road and trying different affiliates is to see how other people do things. So it's cool to be coached by a different coach. It's cool to see a different warm up, to just feel the flow of a class. Because although, you know, every CrossFit gym is the same in the fact that they're doing constantly very functional movements performed at high intensity, they're different on the way they, 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 they express that, that program. And so it's fun to get in there and to experience that. And if you just want to show up at my gym and do your own thing, your own way, number one, I don't know who you are and like, if you know what the heck you're doing or not. And number two, like I want you to merge in and feel what it's like to be a part of our community. And you're not going to do that if you just show up at an off time and do your own thing. So that's something that is just a no go. So we, you know, we politely respond to that, that email and say, Hey, we've got class time at such and such an hour. We would love for you to come and jump into class. If that doesn't work for you, we can point you in the direction of a place where you can go and just borrow somebody's equipment. Fern, what about you? Yeah, I think I, I used to get upset about it, kind of like Todd, but now I kind of see it as a challenge. And I will usually convince that person to take a class. Um, and now from a, on the other end, if I'm going to be that person, just to give some advice is, A, don't lead with, can I come into your gym and do whatever I want, right? Because you got your own special program. The reality is like, if, if one of us doesn't recognize your name, like chances are you don't need a special program anyway. You know, like if you're not going to the games, then it doesn't matter. And that one day of, of changing your program isn't going to ruin your fitness. It is also by definition variant. So maybe you should just do that and that's CrossFit. Um, but the other thing is if you're, if you really are 
hard dead set on that, then maybe just take the class first and then ask if you can hop off to the side and then do something on, on your own. It, 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 and just, it's common courtesy to just be like, Hey, I realize this is your house. I'm going to come in, I'm going to assimilate. And then if it's cool, can I be over here in the corner and do that? And if that's how it works, like I'm totally cool with that, but don't just come in and just be like, Hey, I've got my own thing. I have no desire to interact with anybody in your building. Um, but I am a CrossFitter. I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. So just don't do it, you know? And if, and if you're on your own program, we can assume you're pretty fit. So that extra workout, it shouldn't kill you. Right. You know? Um, so what, yeah. What about the guys that email and they're like, Hey, I'm an owner. Do I still have to pay a drop in fee? Oh, I think the silence answers it. <laughs> like it, it. It's cringy, right? Like I don't, this is a word I've learned from Roz cringy. Like she uses it to describe things yeah. like, like the office, like Michael Scott on the office is cringy. Um, but it is, it's it, like one of those moments where you're like, Oh, like I just don't even want to deal with it, this. Touch it. it. Yeah. There's, there's parts of it where it's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, as an affiliate owner, you would expect to know that, you can probably feel our pain in the sense that we're running a business trying to, you know, generate some revenue, right? Now, at the same time, like if you are an affiliate owner or maybe I've, you know, taught you at your level one, I'd love for you to come and experience our gym. I don't care about a drop, any of that kind of stuff. But the people that are, you know, make it a point to say that and bring it up is cringy. I think that's a good way to put it. It's, it's pretty funny. I tell, you know, most of my coaches the same thing. When people come in, and it's a weekend and I'm gone or something like that. And they're like, somebody comes, does the class and the coach is following up and being like, all right, cool. Do you want the t-shirt t-shirt with your drop or something like that? And the person comes off as like, no, no, I know Todd, I'm good. And they're like, you know, how many thousand people know Todd from the number of seminars he's taught? Like, of course you do. But, I, and I, so I tell them, I'm like, listen, if they're, if they're that concerned with the, the fee, let them do whatever, you know, they can just take it and go. But I don't know. Just kind of shows you who, who they are, I guess. If it's that big of a deal to them. I, I go the opposite route. I just tell the staff, I'm like, if I didn't, if you, if I didn't tell you to waive that person's fee, they pay right now. Now my rule is this, right? I just put it out to the world. If affiliator comes in and they offer to pay, which I do at every gym that I go to, I just straight up waive the fee. Like I've no right. interest in another affiliate owner paying when they come into my gym. If they go the other route and they'd be like, all right, cool. And they try to walk out and be like, it's 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Cash or card, whichever one you want. Right. I, I think, I think it's just, again, it's, it's common courtesy. Just yeah. be polite and we'll be polite. And every time I go into gym and I've had, and I'm sure you guys do the same where like people will waive the fee for me when I go to gym and I'll, I will insist on paying. I'm like, I know you're not running a soup kitchen here, bro. Like, let me give you 15 bucks. Or at least yeah, or find a and buy something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I think the, the point from both of you is the cool thing about an affiliate owner is you have some flexibility, you have some freedom. It is a business. It's, it's like going to a restaurant, you know, the waiter, and sometimes they'll comp you an appetizer or, or a salad, but, but you'll still pay. And it's, it's at their discretion. But if you go in there with the expectation that it's free, you're going to annoy them. So same, same rules apply as, as open gym. Don't be an asshole and you'll, and you'll get taken care of. But let's, let's go back to that open gym now. Yeah, I've got like a, a this is something, again, I've learned via hindsight. And, and I think in the vast majority of these conversations, I think people are fighting the wrong fight. 
And what I mean by that is we're having the conversation about like, do we do open gym or not? Because these people want to do this stuff. And to me, you know, that's like trying to treat symptoms when that's not actually the problem. The question I've asked myself, and I think people should ask themselves is, why do people want open gym? Like, why do they not want to be in the class? Like, what is it that we're doing that makes you not want to be a part of that? And I don't think people ask that question because like that can be a tough answer, which is like, we don't run good classes. Like I'm not teaching them anything. Like they don't like the programming. And all that means is like, I need to step up my game. But rather than try to fix that, we try to address this other thing, which is Jay's an asshole because he doesn't want to be in the class, not not actually like figuring out like why Jay wants to do open gym because he doesn't feel like he's challenged in the programming. That is the conversation I think people should have because I think if you do it well, then there's a scenario where you offer open gym, virtually nobody uses it because they want to be in the class. That's that that's the fine part for us when you know, we'd heard some rumblings early on, I think a year or two into uh, to, to having the affiliate of people wanting open gym so they can work on different things or do different things. And so we started offering it a few times a week. And the first couple of times people showed up and were like, I don't, I don't know what to do in this environment. Because um, they're so used to being taken through a class. And now it's gotten to the point where it's just not a thing that people come to. Like I said, they you know, there's a few people that stick around to work on some, some things that they want to work on. But for the most part, people just want to come and take classes and that's what works best. So, so what is the advice that we're giving? You know, and I think we need to go back to the fact that both of you have bigger affiliates with extra space. You know, the, the box that I'm at currently North Naples CrossFit is probably three to 4,000 square feet, but it's one open space and people kind of do their own thing in the corner. And I think the culture is always do class. So that is typically the foundation, but people do inevitably. And I think that's important as box owners, as long-time CrossFitters to remember like, Hey, it's okay to have these ebbs and flows where you do and don't want to do class. You want to go on a little, I'm going to squat three times a week. I'm going to Olympic lift. I'm going to do gymnastics. What are some ways that they can implement it without destroying the community, but also without disturbing their, you know, five and 6 PM classes that tend to be busy. I think, a, I think a big piece of that is kind of like what we've talked about before is be respectful. If you want to do something extra and say your gym floor is only so big and there's only so much space, check in with the coach before class. Hey, Jay, I want to stay over here and do some muscle ups. Am I going to be in the way? Is it cool if I use this set of rings right here? You ask that question and the coach can give you, you know, they can either accommodate you and be like, yeah, yeah, I can keep everybody on this other side of the gym. Or they can give you the feedback that like, hey, we're going to be right over there for the first 20 minutes of class. But then once the workout starts, people will be running and they'll be over here. So just hold tight for 20 minutes and you can make that happen. It's like, it's not an issue as long as you respect the coaches, the other members of, you know, that are in class and you always kind of default to them. And it's, it's pretty easy to accommodate most anything that you want to do if you just ask the question or bring it up to the coach um, so they can make sure that they, they plan accordingly. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's just, it's communication, right? So just like Todd said, like, so there's something that, and lack of awareness is probably the other one that really bugs me. So like perfect scenarios, like somebody's doing open gym because they talked to the coach about it. 
And there's, there's that time in the gym where, you know, things are really loud and hectic. And there's times when things are a little bit more subdued. And that's generally around when the whiteboard briefs. So something that is highly aggravating to me is when somebody is just not paying attention. They're in the middle of like their Metcon and they're doing on their own and they're clanging, you know, 275 deadlifts that they're stringing together, making all this noise while we're trying to give the, the workout brief. And it's like, hey, dude, stop for two or three minutes. Like, just calm down. Um, but again, I think it just goes back to just – at, like have a conversation with people, like ask them, like, why do you want to do open gym? Like, what do you want? Right. Here's where I never have a problem with open gym. If I'm writing a program for somebody, I gave them that, like, that's what I want them to be doing because they wanted to work on like their pull-ups or they wanted to work on endurance training or whatever it might be. Like, that's cool. Uh, because there's ways that you can use open gym to your advantage based on like the gym model that you, that you run. Like if your gym model is a lot of personal training, well then you are going to need to accommodate that. If you're writing online or personal programs, then you're going to need to accommodate that. You just have to communicate to the staff how it all is supposed to work so that people's experience isn't getting ruined. Yeah, I think what we're all saying is it comes down to two things. One, talk to your athletes. Understand why they want to do it, but also put on them, hey, if you are going to do this, if you are going to do your own thing over there, just be respectful of the class. You know, So for example, if I'm doing my own thing, I try to time it so I start my Metcon if I'm doing something different. At the same time, class goes, A, I have a timer. I still feel like I'm part of the community. I'm still walking around giving high fives to everybody, you know, even though I might have done something a little bit different. But B, like Todd said, and, and you've reiterated, for it, if, if they're wanting to do their own thing, figure out why. And maybe that's an opportunity to do some personal programming. Maybe they do want to improve and they've – First of all, they do. They feel like they're not getting it in your class, which is a problem potentially. But also, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, rather than going and following some online programming that doesn't know who you are, let me sit down with you. Let's discuss your goals. You can still hit classes and I can give you 30 to 45 minutes of extra work. And that's an opportunity for the box owner to make money and the member to have a little more buy-in because I think we'd all agree that when your member pays you for that, they're a little more likely to be consistent. Well, from an athlete standpoint, I think there's something that most people overlook, which is if I'm doing your programming and I'm doing whatever the other programming is on top of that, those are not made together. So what they're chasing, which is results generally is not being achieved by doing these two things that are, that have no, thought put together to 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 increase your fitness right so in a lot of instances it it can be more often than not counterproductive to what they want to do it's just like oh, they're doing deadlifts and then we have deadlifts the next day and then they're wondering why they're smoked at the end of the week and it's because well because i didn't write that program like i have no idea what that is so again it's going back to like what do you want results and if it's opportunity they're paying somebody for that programming in general usually so they can just pay you to write a program that is intertwined into whatever your daily programming is and therefore get better results. So any last bits of advice that we'd like to give out on this topic? I, I, me personally, I would just, you know, I, I try to continue to remind myself that the greater community um, and culture is always always more important than any individual. And that goes for myself as an athlete in the gym, any of my other coaches um, or any, you know, 
any person that comes into the gym is what, what I allow that one person to do. Does that support the culture and the community that I'm trying to create? Or does that distract from it? And if the reality is, is that it distracts from it, I don't need whatever it is that they're bringing or offering. So if it's that, you know, hopefully I'm in a position where I don't need their money enough in order to potentially harm my culture and my community. Um, And I would say, even if you do feel like you need that couple extra bucks, hold true because more than likely it's going to cost you more than that in the long run. Um, there's ways to offer open gyms. There's ways to allow people to do their own program. Um, but you've got to make sure that it still supports the community and the culture that you're trying to, trying to create. And you also need to be the example for that as well. I think some of the gyms that I've seen have bigger issues with the open gym problems are the gyms where either the coaches or the owners are the ones that are doing their own special programming in the, in the corner and not following along with the rest of the, uh, the programming and taking classes and that kind of stuff. And then they wonder why everybody else in the gym wants to do their own thing. So lead by example and try to, uh, try to make the decisions that are going to best support and improve your overall culture and your overall community. Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum it up. And, you know, that's exactly what I had to do. I had to take a deep look at what, what this was doing whether it was beneficial, hearing all the complaints from the members, I was like, we need to nip this. I stopped allowing people that open gym time or at least that free reign. And I went back to doing class and it got everything back on track. And I think that's what, like Todd said, lead by example and create that culture you want. Fern, last thoughts on open gym? Yeah, I think you just ask yourself a question like, is this a problem or is it an opportunity? You know, is it a, is it something that's come up that I can take advantage of, whether it is to start a new program that people are, you know, if, if people want more cardio, maybe that we should just start a boot camp program. Is this an opportunity for me to pitch some sort of personalized programming or training rather than just, you know, I, I, I think it's important because I was on a podcast earlier this morning that that'll come out soon. It's just talking about like, I, I think way too often we're just so quick to attribute malice to people, right? And they're like, this guy doesn't like our programming. He's a super jerk. and doesn't want to be part of the community. It's like, well, no, he's just really yearning to get a muscle up and I am not doing a good job of helping him do that, right? So like, it, it just ask yourself that question. Is this an opportunity for me to forge a relationship, you know, it, improve my business, improve my own skill set instead of just immediately going to have a fight with somebody because they are like everybody else in the world and occasionally just want to do their own thing. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite quotes. Don't attribute to malice what you can attribute to ignorance or stupidity. And it's really how I deal with you two. So what a great way to (laughs) wrap it all up. We've come full circle. There there you go, Jay. There it is. That's your second one this year. You've actually had a good one. You made me laugh. Well done. You're a regular, you're a regular wordsmith. I keep yeah. track of those, Todd. No, it is one of my favorite quotes. It's something I think I've heard from Tim Ferriss, but I forget who it's actually attributed to. But I, I think it's easy as a box owner, Fern. You nailed it. It's easy. To, you get frustrated. You're dealing with people all day. You know, you, you hear more complaints than positive feedback, even though they love the place. And you're like, at the, you're like, just, I hate everybody. This person's an asshole. We've all been there. If you're a box owner, you know, we have a... We have an episode on burnout, but we've all had multiple, you know, feelings of that, I'm sure, over the years. And and like you said, yeah, it's a lot easier to look at them than look in the mirror. 
but that's not what this show is about, right? The, the, the <laughs> show is not. Maybe it is. Maybe we need to, you know, broaden who we're talking to, not just box owners. We need to just give out life advice. Well, I think it's what I think it's how we kind of started off before we hit the record button, which is, you know, like what we're trying to express to people is there's a lot of effective ways to do most of the things that we talk about. There is no one way. Again, it only comes back to like, is it effective or not? Like, and, and if you're happy with what you do and your members are happy, then do that. Like if you run a gym that's just completely open gym and everybody's crushing it and happy and there's high fives and the vibe is good, well, shit, good for you. Like, don't change it. All right. What a way to, what a way to wrap it up. All right, open gym. Next week, we haven't quite figured out what we're talking about, but we have some great interviews coming. We've got, you know, this week we've had Matt and Cherie Chan. We've had Saxon Panchik. We've got Spencer Hendel. We've got some great interviews coming next week, and we've got some great, great future endeavors on the horizon. I don't know if that's redundant. Future endeavors <laughs> on the horizon. But, but anyway, we've got big things coming with Best Hour of Their Day, so you're going to want to keep checking it out. And you can always find out more about our mastermind group. Todd's in there. Fern's in there. I'm in there. Katie's in there. But we're seeing some great stuff, and this is the kind of stuff we talk about in there and help our coaches develop. So hit us up if you want to learn more about it. But any last words, Todd? No, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, making some open gym space for you to come in and get crushed by 185 pounds. <laughs> looking forward to that going down. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see if we all wind up in the same spot in a couple weeks. And if, if we do, I'm throwing it down. I will do it there. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And just so you guys know, it is bonus week. We're going to be bringing you an episode every day, Monday through Friday this week. And we've got some great, great interviews and episodes coming your way. Check out besthouroftheirday.com. If you haven't already, and you can find us on social media at best hour of their day or email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.